You see, God created us for a hunger. Like, he created us to long for more. And, and I'm not saying that, trying to promo this series or more Mondays. I'm not that cheesy, all right? But what I'm going to say is God created us with this hunger for more. Like, you're always, if you're going to be honest with yourself, you are probably always hungry for more. And that's how he created us physically. You think about it, some of you eat three very large meals a day, right? Some of you eat a large meal at breakfast and you say, there's no chance I'm going to eat the rest of the day. There's no chance I'm probably going to eat the rest of this week. And then you find yourself, oh, you guys want to go grab some lunch? Absolutely. He created us to hunger for more. But you know, the Father also did that spiritually. That we were designed to never be satisfied with enough of him. So what we've done is we, we as human beings, us, not the Father, have taken those two and we've put them together. And we know that we have, an, uh, we have a hunger and a longing for more. But what we've done, instead of feeling this hunger with more of things of the kingdom and our Father, what we've done is we've replaced the hunger and we've tried to satisfy ourselves with everything else in this world. And this morning, I don't have time to go into all of those things. But I want you to be very introspective, take a look inside, maybe for the first time in many months or even years, or maybe in your lifetime, that you would get quiet and you would get honest and you would start to think about the things that you are feeling this longing for. Some of it's pretty scary, isn't it? So what has happened is our appetite that was created by God, which is a good thing, our appetite for more has led us down some very dark trails some very dark paths. I have a good friend. Some of you probably know him. He's a very, very well-spoken, one of the best communicators of the Word of God probably in our lifetime right now. His name's Judah Smith. Some of you listen to his podcast. You listen to him preach. Phenomenal communicator. Godly man. I just like being around this guy. I was walking with him a couple years ago in Pinehurst at the U.S. Open watching another friend of ours. And Judah and I and my dad, I don't know if my dad's here, but we were talking, we were talking to Judah and we were talking about golf because Judah is a competitor and he likes to play golf. And we were talking about his golf game. How is it, you know? He said, man, I don't play that much golf anymore. And I said, really, why not? He said, man, because when I go and get to the golf course, I turn into a totally different person. And it takes me to some very dark places. It may not be golf for some of you. It may be something totally different that you've tried to feel this hunger and when you receive it and you eat of it, it takes you to some very dark places. And you see, here's the result of going down those dark paths. And this is my focus just for the next few minutes. It's going down that dark path, you have discovered that you just really don't like yourself. You really just don't like who you've become. 
You don't like how you are identified. You don't like it when you walk into the room, the first thought on people's mind is, there is Scott, he is a jerk. I'm glad some of you thought that was a joke. (laughs) Three of you, the rest of the hunt. You walk into a room and the first thing, there is that person and he is arrogant. You don't like who you identify yourself with. And if the truth was to be known, listen, just you and God alone, God, I really don't even like who I am. I've journeyed down these dark paths so long, I cannot stand who I have become. And you're identified by those things. What if, what if there was something that could happen in your life What if there was some truth that was so profound that you could almost become unrecognizable to the point when tomorrow you walk into your school, you walk into your office, you walk into your house, and you have become unrecognizable. Who is this person who just entered into my house? I don't even recognize this person. You see, the way I think the kingdom of God works is this. If it happened once, it can happen again. And I want to look at some scriptures real quickly. I'm going to start in John 20. In John chapter 20, I'm just going to read you a few verses. Because I want to tell you what I just told you can happen to every single one of you in this room today. Those who have ventured down the dark path and you don't like who you have become that you are unsatisfied with your identity. It actually, if you're honest, some of you in this room are sickened by your identity. Listen, I can promise you, God, because of his son Jesus Christ, can transform your life in such a way that you can be unrecognizable. It's happened before. John chapter 20, in my Bible, it's labeled the empty tomb. If I go a little further, it tells me that Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. I'm going to just start in verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood out the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, verse 12, and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Verse 13 says, then Mary, or then they asked her, the angels asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. Verse 14, at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? thinking that he was the gardener. Now listen, I'm not a very astute person, but I've done some research on this and I've tried to figure out why did Mary Magdalene not recognize Jesus? Why did she think that he was the gardener? I mean, she went looking for Jesus at the tomb. Jesus was standing right there and she did not even recognize him. We'll hold that. 
These aren't going to be on the screen, so if you have a Bible or a phone, you're going to have to turn there. Luke chapter, let's go to Luke chapter 24. It's a different account. Luke chapter 24. Take a look at this. It's the same story. The disciples are going to look for the body of Jesus. They they run into Jesus on this road they call to Emmaus. I'm in chapter 24 of Luke. You can go later and look at this for yourself. They were talking about the events that had just happened. And Jesus strolls up and starts talking. Listen, he started talking to these two disciples, having conversation with these two disciples. And these two disciples, and it says in Scripture, take a look. It says that Jesus, they said God, basically kept them. I'm in verse 16 of Luke 24 if you want to go look at it later. It says basically God kept them from recognizing him. Now, I don't know what that means. But I do know that something happened to the point where these two disciples who had been with Jesus before his crucifixion, before he died, and now they didn't even recognize him. Last one, real quickly, John 21. It's another scene where Peter and some of the disciples have gone fishing. Jesus is standing on the shore. Now, on this story here, this account, I'm going to give it to them. They were probably a long distance away, and they could not recognize Jesus from that far off. You see, that's what the scholars say. The scholars say, well, it was dark when Mary came to the tomb. Mary had been crying, so her eyes were probably something was keeping her from seeing Jesus correctly. The scholars say that here in this story, they were so far away from the shore that there was no way that they could see that that was Jesus. I'm going to give that to them. But I also want to throw my hat into the ring in this understanding. Listen, you have to go and pray and seek this one for yourself. This is just what I sense. You may not read this in Scripture. The Holy Spirit may speak to you on this. But I believe that something happened. The point where Jesus was resurrected out of the tomb, his new life took on a different kind of look to the point where Mary didn't even recognize that she was talking to him. To the point where these two disciples were talking to him and didn't even recognize him. I believe the same thing can happen in our life. You see, there's some requirements for that. And one is simply what happened to Jesus is he died. You see, some of you in this room, if you're honest, if you're honest in this room, the dark trails and paths that you have gone down have led you to a place, listen, where you just don't like yourself. The requirement for you to be unrecognizable 
is death. And I'm not talking about a physical kind of death, but I'm talking about a spiritual kind of death where you simply let go of this life as you have planned it. You see, tagging on to the more series. Oh, listen, hey, there is way more in this life that God has planned for you, but it has nothing to do with you. So you have to die. I'll share one quick story from Israel. There's going to be a picture on the screen of this place called Mount Arbel. And this is what the Lord has just taken me through just a week ago. Excuse me for the quality of the picture. I took that with my own phone. And Mount Arbel is 1,250 feet high. Literally, you can just simply go right to the edge and look straight down. In the very far background, you see the Sea of Galilee where Jesus actually walked on water. It was over here close to the corner, over by the edge where I was spending just a few minutes by myself listening. And I had no agenda for God. I just said, God, I just want you to speak. And I sat down about this far on a rock from the edge, and this is what the Lord told me. He said, Scott, I want you to throw your old self over this cliff. I want your old self to be dead once and for all. Because, man, I'm going to just be very honest. I'm tired of being looked at as a jerk. I'm tired of having short temper. I'm tired of looking arrogant. I'm tired of all of the perceptions that are actually probably true. He said, I've been down some dark paths. And I know that your dark paths lead you to exactly where my dark paths lead. They lead me to not liking this person right here. And so what God said to me there is he said, Scott, I want you to just throw your old self over. Because there's no way that your old self can survive this long of a fall. It's just one of those moments. You see, I want to operate in my new life. And I want to tell you something. My new life, to maybe some of you who know me in this room, my new life is unrecognizable. It's almost like I don't even know who I am anymore. And I can't imagine how many of us in this room truly are longing for the same exact thing. You just don't want to be recognized like that anymore. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to study because we're going to, this is where we're going tomorrow night, Galatians 2.20, because here's the opportunity. Jesus has given you the opportunity to die. He just has. Galatians 2.20 tells me that I've been crucified with Christ. Actually, I have been thrown over the edge of Mount Arbel, and I have died, it says in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ, and Scott no longer lives. We're going to talk about tomorrow night. Why in the world did I go revive Scott? 
Like I go grab his mangled dead body off the bottom of the floor down there and I bring him back to life and I send him into situations and I make those situations terrible because death can only produce death. And so, can I just tell you, because we're out of time and, and listen, it's not about the clock, but I need you to know who you are in Christ. I just need you to know who you are, man, because you guys are going to go lead in your schools. In your elementary schools, these young men, if I can have these young men who are just in elementary school to understand who they are in Jesus, I want my my own daughter to understand who she is in Jesus, not who this world says she is. I want her to operate in her new self because then you won't be able to touch her both physically because you'll die emotionally spiritually she won't be led astray some of the adults in the room you just need to understand who you are in Christ and I'm going to end with this I'm going to end with this and there's going to be a couple things that pop up on the screen some words and and some of you in this very room get me off that thing how about that get some of these words up there love you feel unlovable you feel unlovable in this very moment In this very moment, you feel unlovable. And I'm going to get very intimate right now. The Lord gave me words this this yesterday as I was just finalizing some studying. And he said to me, he said, Scott, there's a female that is in this room who has been raped. And she thinks that that moment is going to define her for the rest of her life. He also said that there are people in this room that have been sexually abused and they think that that moment is going to define the rest of their life. Can I tell you that he, he said that there was, there's, there's, there's some females that have had an abortion and they think that that moment is going to define the rest of their life. And you feel unlovable. Can I tell you today that that is your old self? Your old self feels unlovable, and that's okay. But what's not okay is that you understand that your new self in Jesus Christ, you've got to understand that your new identity that is going to be unrecognizable, maybe to you and to others. You've got to understand that you are loved in the past tense. You are loved. You are being loved. And I know this may challenge some of your theology, but there is nothing that you can do to stop the Father from loving you. Go try it. And what you'll find at the end is he's standing there with his arms wide open saying, come to me, child. loved I got a whole list of things here that I just want to I'm going some of you feel inadequate these are just some of the things that the Lord has revealed you feel inadequate but what I need you to understand is that you have been made past tense you were made perfect you're perfect 
Do I need to describe to you all the time what those three lines mean? You are identical to Jesus Christ as God sees you. Listen, you lack nothing. The world may tell you that you lack everything. You lack nothing. You see, you're perfect. I don't care about your performance. You need to understand something about your performance. Listen, when God sees you and he sees you acting and sometimes you're not acting as his child, listen, he is not condemning you, the performer. He may condemn your performance, but he's not condemning you as the performer. He's like my child. My little three-year-old, I don't know. Well, I do. My wife told me that I said it. I said, dude, where did you hear some of those words? <laughs> she said, well, Scott, you said I'm like, but they're good words. I, I can, adults can say, you know, there's some adult words that you can say, but listen, I'll tell, he says, gosh, sometimes. And I know that's terrible, but like I'm three-year-old. I'm like, dude, you can't say that. Where'd you hear that? And he said, listen, but when he does things like that, I condemn the performance condemn my little child and the same thing is for every single person sitting in this room I I gotta go real fast here some of you just feel worthless because of your performance I gotta tell you something you're precious I hugged a young lady right here who just shared some, shed some light on some very dark stuff in the first service. I just hugged her, and it was for the first time I think I've hugged her like that. And I just told her, I said, I said, you just don't know how beautiful you are. You just don't know. And it was a Holy Spirit kind of moment because there was no shame. There was no guilt. There was no um, twisting of my love being given to her as I hugged her. I hugged her in peace and purity. See, the enemy is the one who was trying to twist everything and by me hugging a female, making it messed up. But the father is just wanting to say, no, you guys are brothers and sisters you love. I just hugged her and I said, you don't know how beautiful you are. Some of you females in this room, you just need to tell yourself, you guys don't know how beautiful you are. You have no idea how beautiful you are. And I can go there because I am confident in my manhood. Man, men, you're beautiful. We're not told that enough, dude. You guys are beautiful. You are precious in the Father's sight. And then let's flip it over. Those are all some of the inadequacies. Some of you are just dang arrogant in this place. You're just arrogant. And that's your struggle. Like you're not beating yourself up like I'm worthless. No, you're on the opposite end of the spectrum. You come in beating not yourself up, but you come in beating your chest like you're somebody. Man, you're just arrogant. And if you've never had somebody sit you down and say, man, you, you're just arrogant. We need to make an appointment. You see your unrecognizable new identity, I can promise you it's not arrogant. But you got to understand that you finally can have a true understanding of who the Father is. Because I want to tell you what happens 
in the presence of the Father, in the presence of the Father, you will find no arrogance. Because you cannot get into His presence and think that you are somebody. I just have two more. Some of you just think you're self-sufficient. And you see, that's just false. That's just, um, it's not even arrogance. What it is, it's self-defense. You think you're self-sufficient. And you think that you're going to be able to provide everything you need. Actually, that's just you being afraid of reality. See, once you understand who you are in Christ, you are not afraid of knowing that you know that your strength is made beautifully perfect in your weakness. Men in the room, we can come into this place in our new identity and we can say, hey, you know what, man, I'm struggling. Man, I am struggling to love my wife. Man, I am struggling to raise my children. Man, I am struggling with this. I just tell you, man, I'm just weak. In your new identity in Christ, you find that it is okay to be weak. And the last one I just wrote, we're going to move on. Man, some of us are just really opinionated. We're just opinionated. And we think that our way is the best way. You see, in your new identity, the one that will be unrecognizable tomorrow is when you walk into that meeting. Oh, here comes Scott. He's got a word for everything. This wasn't going to take but 30 minutes. Now it's probably going to take three hours. In your new identity, you only say what the Father is saying. That's what I want. I just want to speak what the Father is saying. You see, you being unrecognizable has been made available through Jesus Christ. New life, a new identity. The only requirement is for you to die.